0: Welcome to Recode Media with Peter Kafka. That is me, and in a minute, you're gonna hear me talking to Josh Sapan, he is the CEO of AMC Networks, about his efforts to turn that cable TV company, these are the guys who brought you Mad Men and Breaking Bad and The Walking Dead into a streaming video company like everybody else. And how he's trying to do that, while TV ratings are just collapsing. I mean, it's quite shocking when you talk to him about where The Walking Dead used to be and where it is now, even though it's still the number one hit on TV. And also trying to do that while everyone else, as you all know, is trying to get into streaming and, and, and have a lot more resources than AMC has. It is a good conversation. Josh is always good to listen to. Before we do that, really quickly, wanted to talk about Spotify for a couple of reasons. Uh, first one, some newsy stuff coming. There's a very good chance Spotify is going to get a ruling from the European Union in its fight against Apple over an antitrust complaint. Um. I think the thinking is that Spotify feels that they're gonna get a good ruling. Uh, And depending on how that plays out, it could be a big deal for services like Spotify who complain that Apple treats them unfairly in its app store. It's part of a wave of antitrust stuff coming towards Apple. Another big one is uh, its lawsuit with Epic games, which starts next week. We'll be covering that as well. So it's just worth keeping an eye on. I'm sure if the news rolls out, we will end up talking about on this show in the very near future. And also wanted to just mention that like we flagged last week, Spotify has unveiled its subscription podcast plans. Um, That comes a week after Apple released its podcast subscription plans. There are some differences in the way the two companies are going about it. Uh, Notably, Spotify is charging much less than Apple is, uh, at least for the first couple of years. But really, the big takeaway here is that both companies are doing this, and I think it is good for podcasting. Even if you don't want to sell subscriptions to your podcast or buy someone's subscriptions to a podcast, it's good to have that option there. It means you've got a business that was entirely ad-driven, almost entirely ad-driven, and now is going to have more than one revenue stream, which I think is pretty healthy. It's good to have competing platforms sort of duking it out over this. That's good for listeners. It's good for podcasters. Um, it's nice to have good news, right? Um, I don't know that people want to pay for podcasts. We're going to find out. Um, and we will certainly be talking about that in the weeks and months to come, as we say. Okay. That's my preamble. Uh, let me know about you, what you think about these preambles too. Should we keep doing them or should we just get right to the interview? Now we're going to get right to the interview with Josh Saban. I'm talking to Josh Sapan. He is the CEO of AMC Networks. Welcome, Josh. Thank you, Peter. Uh, We talked two years ago. We were in an office. We did. We were were at Vox Media headquarters. Now I'm in my bedroom. You look like you're in someone's room.
1: I'm I'm in the attic. Yes,
0: you're in the attic. That's that's the proper place to do a podcast. Let's start there. We're recording from home. Usually in the last year, I have asked people how they fared the pandemic. We're we're nearing the end of it, at least in America. What did the pandemic do to your plans that you had fourteen months ago? What what accelerated? What went on pause? What had to go away?
1: Yeah, I, I don't think that we slowed anything meaningful down. Um, it, it was uh, like like I think for others, it was I was surprised by how rapid our adjustment was and during the pandemic we reorganized the company we launched new streaming products we hired key people to join the company it was um surprising to me that we could function so well uh, remotely and actually i was particularly surprised by th- when i mentioned new products because i actually had theorized that we would our uh, collaboration and our creative new stuff might slow but it didn't so
0: so if i asked you in february of of 2020 what where things would look like in april of 2021 it's kind of what you thought that's amazing
1: well actually it's a little better than what i thought um yes honestly really it's a little better than what i thought and that surprises me yes
0: you guys do you're you're almost primarily in the in the uh cable tv and, and streaming business you do have a a movie theater in new york IFC right. theater. Um, is that open now? I should know.
1: Yes, it's open now. Okay. Uh, you know, under, under strict guidelines, but it is open right now. Yes.
0: When's the last time you went to see a movie in a theater?
1: It was pre-pandemic.
0: Yeah. Uh, mine was February uh, 2020. I saw the Sonic the Hedgehog movie of the Mall of America. Suburban <laughs> Minneapolis. I'm not sure when I'm going back. Um, so yeah. let's talk about where the business is today. The last time we talked, we talked a lot about streaming. We're going to talk about streaming here because I think you guys have sort of made a point of saying, I don't know if you used the word pivot, but you sort of embracing streaming in a way that you weren't two years ago. Um, and the numbers you rattle off these days, that you've got 6 million subscribers to various streaming services. Um, I think you could, did you say 9 million by the end of this calendar year? That's right. Yeah. Um, and then uh, by 2025, you're going to be. It's going to be the biggest uh, revenue generating segment for your business. Not, That's exactly. Not, right. Which is different than saying the majority, but it'll be the biggest segment. That's right. That's right. That's um, right. So what? what ha- is this a shift that you saw coming two years ago, three years ago? Did it move faster than you thought?
1: Yeah. So uh, just by way of background, I hope it's uh, responsive to your question. We had entered the targeted streaming area um, several years ago. Uh, Because we felt and anticipated largely happily correctly that there would be major uh, vessels, if you want to call them, of, of subscription services as we anticipated it, not necessarily supported by commercials, which turned out to be reasonably accurate. And we believed that given who we are, what AMC Networks is, what our history is, that we could offer targeted services that would be purchased in addition to the major SFOD or vessels. You're, you're using um, targeted
0: you were... as a synonym for niche, just so we're clear.
1: Yeah, I think niche is a fair yeah. word. Um, and so we had launched, uh, just to get very specific, we launched uh, a service called Sundance Now, and we launched a service called Shudder. That was several years ago. Sundance Now has sort of documentaries. It has foreign series. It has wonderful series. It has material like that. And Shudder was devoted to horror to say it very simply. <clears throat> so to your question, we began uh, the year last year at about a little over 2 million subscribers and ended the year at 6 million subscribers, which in the world today, compared to the likes of the big vessel services, those are small numbers. But for us, they're big numbers uh, against our our size. So um, we advanced and accelerated our launch of new services we had acquired a majority interest in a company and we launched something called AMC plus so AMC plus joined Sundance Now shutter and then Acorn which we had arrived at through acquisition and a service called All Black All Black and Acorn were part of a company that we purchased a majority interest in and they were integrated into our company and then AMC plus became a new commercial free subscription service you could buy along with those services, that gives you a couple of them along with it. So that's what brought us from two to six.
0: What's your most successful targeted slash niche service? It seems like it's Shudder, but you tell me.
1: Yeah, well, it's actually successful is a relative term, not Uh to be cute. Um, The service that had had the most subscribers is Acorn, the British-oriented service. And I guess it is the longest running, if you want to call it that, although Shudder has had this a uh, straight-on trajectory mm-hmm. of growth, growth, growth. And then we launched, and this just goes back to your pandemic question, during the pandemic, a brand-new service called AMC+, Plus, uh, which, if it's of interest, uh, gives one a couple of those services, uh, not all of them, but you don't get It's eight a mini-bundle, basically. It's like a mini-bundle, exactly. Thank you. Thank you for using that word, along with select AMC product. And it's normally priced at $8.99 or so, and that took off like for us against our size, I would say a rocket and um, it surpassed our expectations in a few short months of operation.
0: We're going to talk about scale throughout this, this conversation this is a good place to start. You guys are, are doing niche targeted services because it sounds like a good idea, and also because you have to, right? You can't compete with the Netflixes and Disneys in terms of tonnage, in terms of library, and also what they're spending on on new programming. That's self evident. I'm curious, why do you think the big guys haven't also tried niche services? Uh, NBC Universal did this a couple years ago uh, with CISO, it was a comedy service. Kind of seems like a good idea to me that if if there's something I'm passionate about. I I and I know what it is. I'm willing to pay extra for it. Why, why do you think the the big services have not tried to do add-ons and say, "All right, here's for an additional 5 bucks, here's a comedy or horror or whatever yeah. it
1: is." Yeah. Yeah. You know, I I can't completely go inside what they might be thinking, but a number of them, number of different companies have done them and ceased operation. You mentioned one. Uh there was another one in the shutter area or shutter arena that started and then stopped. And uh, for us, what I would say is it's both uh, desirable, it's in our genetics. We've had the notion for five years, but frankly, Chuck Dolan had the notion 40 years ago of exactly this. And even our linear cable channels, uh, when they were... Birthed, had as their premise, and this is important. We are going to super serve an audience. We are going to be their place of choice. We are going to be what they're passionate about. We're going to be what they identify with. We're going to be what they consume and go to and like. And hopefully that goes beyond. Uh, oh, there's just a show there that I like right now. It goes to, I'm going to find material that I like there all the time. And they have authority in that area. I rely on them to discover material for me and serve it up. They do things that are inventive. And they speak to me in a voice that matters to me and sounds resonant in that area. I know that that's a lot to undertake. But a reason why a very large company that is out to get a quarter of a billion plus worldwide Fod uh, subscribers would not want to do something that we're doing is it takes a very certain and focused amount of energy. It may or may not be material yeah. to their economics, or it may not work within their ecosystem. So if you're in a business that is significantly shopping and you have a video component, or if you're in the cellular business and you have a video business, then targeted or as you call them, these services may not be central or sympathetic to what you want to accomplish. We are a company for whom that is absolutely central. We are a media company that is a content company and the very thing we are is to be the choice and the go-to place if you're a horror fan, if you want to see some authority in African American, etc. Yeah,
0: AT and T has Crunchyroll, uh, which by all counts to be is a successful uh, service. They do anime, and they're trying to sell it for a price I think it's equivalent to to your market cap. Um, give you sort of a sense of scale. the 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 idea that that you guys had knew how to do niche stuff because you did it with with the existing channels IFC, Sundance, AMC. Those work because you were I got those channels whether I wanted to or not. They're part of the bundle, and I didn't care about AMC when it was kind of undifferentiated movies, American movie classics. And then I did once it had Mad Men and Breaking Bad. Um, so how do you convince someone to pay an extra five, six, $10 um, when there's, a million things they can choose from on Netflix, a lot of which does overlap with what you have. Um, and by the way, a lot of the stuff is stuff that's on that you're programming now, right? I can see Breaking, well, Breaking Bad is still on, uh, is off the air, but it's on Netflix. I've been rewatching it recently. Better Call Saul, I wait for that to come to Netflix usually before I watch a season. Um, how do you convince me to, to pay for something that I either can get on the other services eventually, or there is some sort of substitute?
1: Yeah, well, you know, do you mind if I, if you can indulge me I'm going to answer with a couple of anecdotes. I can't stop um, you.
0: You're 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 <laughs> on the internet. You just keep talking.
1: Go for it. You know, someone said to me uh, that they know someone who they think quote discovered Acorn, mm-hmm. and they said so. They watched Bloodlands, and then they watched Foil's War, and then they watched Midsummer Night Mysteries, and then they watched um, Agatha Christie, and it spoke to them, and they think they discovered the service that was for them. I spoke to somebody else. Uh, much younger. And they said, everyone in my office gets on the phone and they talk about horror movies like other people talk about sports. And they have points of reference and they talk about scenes. And then in other worlds, there's a show in the Sundance Now world, there's a show, uh, two shows. One is called The Restaurant, which is in a foreign language, which has a fierce constituency. Um, And people are loving it. So I think that the answer to your question about why these things work is they may have they, – they put on show we put on shows that you can't find anywhere else, and we put on a depth of them that you can't find anywhere else, and they are reliable in their editorial screen. So you're not shopping in – and I don't mean this disparagingly – in a big box store mm-hmm. – and seeing what appeals to you uh, this week or this month, you're going to uh, Lululemon, and you're buying that stuff uh, because you like that stuff, and you know that it's high quality, and you know that it's well done, and it is a very different experience.
0: Uh, Netflix uh recording this, I think, a week after their earnings, maybe less than a week after their earnings, and they said— you know, we signed up, they didn't quite put it this way. They said, we basically signed up everyone who's going to get Netflix in the near term last year, last spring during the pandemic. And they they missed their numbers. You guys did well last year. Do you think, and you're saying, look, we're going to continue doing well this year. But does, does the Netflix performance give you any pause that maybe there was a rush of subscribers last spring and maybe everyone sort of signed up for a while and, and they're good?
1: Uh um you know i think it's one always looks at uh, what what the united states market opportunity is mm-hmm. and then the world opportunity is um and uh, at the risk of throwing silly numbers out uh, broadband is near ubiquitous in the united states people are becoming increasingly familiar with subscribing to streaming services there are amidst the 8 million or so people on the planet a billion a billion a billion plus or so who have broadband and that number is growing we have just begun to tap markets outside the US. So, And Netflix has been doing this for however long they've been doing it for, and they've been doing it extremely well. So we grew well, and we think in all seriousness that we have greater growth opportunities before us domestically and internationally. And that's either a function of where we are in our maturity and in our content development, and I should also say in our marketing effectiveness, because running these things is not just about content it's about uh marketing efficiency
0: streaming is growing a lot a of, lot of runway there linear tv is in decline it's been in decline for a while there's no longer any debate about that you guys i think might still have the most popular show on 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 cable walking dead we do yeah uh, on, television. on tv yeah. uh it was 17 million people in season 5 last year it was down to i think 3 million It's really shocking when you pull back, but we're sort of used to seeing it decline. But it's still a valuable business for you, right? Sure. You're still getting paid for both uh, eyeballs and you're getting paid for subscribers. How do you think about managing that business while growing the other one? How do you do two things at the same time?
1: Yeah, so it's uh, obviously something that we think about. I guess a piece of good news in that is that our current MVPD distributors who carry and have carried our linear cable channels are now carrying almost universally our streaming services. So when we're in the room with them, uh, they have something from us on one shelf and something else from us Mm -hmm. on another shelf. And that does create a form of harmony. And we are experimenting with various ways to utilize linear to make streaming more successful in various ways to utilize streaming to make linear more successful. So we have experimented with a linear short-term premiere and then putting a show on streaming in order to give it exposure. Um, We can offer uh, a linear experience post streaming. And then I think what is most intriguing to me, which is not necessarily yet fully manifest, is that while that business is a good business, 80 million plus homes, When technology, I believe, changes in its place in the world and linear is now in some decline, I think there's a bit of an invitation for experimentation, ingenuity, ingenuity, and, dare I say, creativity with different ideas of how one approaches it and what you do with it. So we've, as you mentioned, we had American movie classics, classic films run up and down without commercials we determined years ago that there was something else to do so we made tv shows that arguably had cinematic quality like yep. mad men breaking bad first and we changed what we were doing that that excuse the expression game is not over i think that there is intrigue to be had with what's occurring on linear in the future Although one's first encounter with it, when you think of it, is, oh, gee, it's in decline.
0: You got you got and something so, up your sleeve you want to tell us about, some experiment, some, well, some trial? we have you a lot up
1: our sleeves. I'll just tell you a couple of anecdotes that are just perhaps interesting. Uh, when we had—and by the way, we now on The Walking Dead have six shows in the franchise, whether it's Star Wars, Star Trek, or— Something else one can debate, but there are fully six shows in the Walking Dead Mm -hmm. universe, Uh, World Beyond, Fear, and some very interesting ones in development. But we we started something called Talking, which was a talk show after. Yes. Uh, So we did Talking Dead, Talking Fear, Talking Bad, and people loved it, which I think has is informative and has application for linear. It's, about let's hire Chris
0: Hardwick or someone to talk about the show that you just saw. <laughs> you liked it enough. You're going to keep listening to us talk about it. And, and you, Bravo does a version of a, with Andy Cohen.
1: Right. So, but that's not the be all and end all. My only, I guess my, the comment I was going to make is there are formats yet to be born and they may have aspects that we see now in closed-end social audio, like community. They may have aspects... That are slightly more interactive, and uh, they may have all sorts of things that occur that are not necessarily directly suited for streaming.
0: I'll take a quick minute to hear from an advertiser, and we'll be right back. And we're back. Some of the big streamers, uh, Disney in particular, HBO. I had Jason Kyler on, run from Warner Media a couple of weeks ago. He's quite clear. He said we're going to be moving more resources from linear to streaming um we're going to put our splashiest stuff on streaming are you guys at that same point or are you saying look we're well obviously walking dead is still a, a cable tv show um is the next walking dead going to be a streaming only product or do you think that'll be on linear
1: yeah you know i don't think of it as necessarily splashiest or resource i do think of it i hope we do as applicability meaning if a show is um If its nature invites the viewer to watch it in sequence at their desire, meaning binge, uh, then I think streaming is a more hospitable environment. And we had a lot of our dramas were binge worthy, but that technology was not ubiquitous. So it was nicer to sit down and watch a certain show in sequence and to binge it. There are other shows that you want to wander into. So I'm trying to to figure
0: out how you determine that. It seems like any show that I would want to watch, I would also want to binge eventually, no?
1: Well, look, out of our terrain, I'll just mention it. It's not our terrain, but you certainly want to watch sports live and you certainly want to watch news live. You don't want to watch that later and binge Mm -hmm. it, right? Um, So I just think there are unforeseen formats that will occur. Uh, Talking was a simple one that's within our house where it was critical that it be on and that it be live and it not be bingeable because people were calling in and you wanted to be part of that community. So I think that um, there just may be there, there will, there may, and I believe will be formats that are suitable for linear TV. And I'm not sure that people are spending, frankly, in my view, enough time investing and investigating what they might be. Additionally, just one other anecdote is the relationships of different platforms will change. So we have a deal with charter spectrum Mm -hmm. communications, and we are now co-producing a drama with them and we're windowing it. And so we now have a multi-part relationship with charter spectrum, but the script is spectacular in my view. So it's a very exciting script. And, um, we are co-producing with our distribution partner. We'll own it with them and we'll sequence it across different platforms in a way that we think makes sense for us and for them and for all MVPDs. So there's formats and then there's also structural relationships that are they're emerging already. That is a prime example of a change in structure of who finances and who presents. And frankly, it happens to be this Tremendously exciting one to me.
0: Have you announced what show that is? Are you are you delivering? Yeah, it? I think we have. Okay.
1: Yeah, we can give you all the information on it. it's a, It's basically it, it's a sci-fi show. The source material was written by a guy named Hugh Howey. It was adapted. It's somebody in space and on the moon, but they're it's 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 nasty and lonely and isolated and challenging. That sounds like my so kind of thing. So in a way, thing. it's a very it's way cool. It's a, it's sort of interior, uh, but it's interior in space. So. I admit to being a little in love with the script, yeah.
0: Uh, I like Moon a lot, so that sounds like Moon. Um, (laughs) Long a money conversation that you and I have had repeatedly, and it seems like it only gets more acute. Um, you've been competing with the Netflixes of the world and, and and the amount of money they're spending only increases and the amount of competitors who are also throwing money at stuff only increases. So when you are going for a project, you're competing for a project, uh, you cannot compete on money. Um, and I've heard you make the Walmart boutique argument before, but it seems like at some point someone says that's great, but." I'm going to take more money and or, by the way, I know my audiences know how to stream. Um, and frequently when I talk to people about, who do programming, they say Netflix is still, uh, you, know, you can call it Walmart, but everyone knows you have the most eyeballs on your stuff if it's on Netflix. Everyone does seem to find it. So what, what, how are you convincing a uh, talent, um, a creative person who has the rights to something to work with you instead of name your streamer?
1: Yeah. So I think um, I think what we say is something I hope is quite true, uh, which is that uh, wonderful to have one show produced by a streaming service and to be paid for it. I think it's the case that when we do something for call it AMC, um, we put it in the front of the store in the window and we make sure that no one misses it. And I think that's slightly different from an algorithm that recommends something and I think that the services some of the services you talk about are producing so abundantly
0: mm-hmm.
1: that um I think the creators may sometimes feel that although the algorithm is serving that purpose in a certain way it is not in the front of the store. Yep. And so we do put things in the front of the store and there's a benefit to that. I think and so I think we we are an attractive place for that reason because we offer that sort of showcase
0: what does the world look like when you're when you're trying to get keep the store analogy going when you're trying to get store space shelf space uh at roku uh or any of the other distributors that that are sitting in between you the programmer and and even though you're going direct to consumers i'm still usually there's still a Roku involved or an Amazon involved or an Apple involved. Has that landscape changed in terms of the leverage the distributors are, are using, what they're asking for?
1: You know, so to date, it has been a tremendously sympathetic relationship, notwithstanding uh, what someone may have chosen to write about a bit ago. I mean, we have really enjoyed, frankly, I don't know how else to say it, remarkable support from the companies you mentioned, uh, from Amazon, from Apple, from Roku, and amazing Harmony. And they have been progressive, and they've been thoughtful. And in some cases, they have led us to do things that we otherwise wouldn't have done. So that part of our world has been very rewarding. And frankly, of course, beneficial because there's an awful lot of humans in America who are on those platforms and on those devices.
0: Earlier this year, there was the GameStop frenzy uh, on Reddit. We talked about it and you guys got roped into it, we think, uh, because the Redditors decided they wanted to send AMC to the moon. And and your stock, which is AMCX, also went to the moon for a day or two Um Walk me through what that was like. Uh, did, were you aware of what was going on uh, or, or did you just wake up one day and your stock had doubled or tripled and you had to ask somebody why that happened?
1: Well, there, there are people I work with smarter than me uh-huh. on the subject of shorting and uh, people who are on different platforms and the relationship between people on different platforms and shorts Um uh, but so suffice it to say, I don't think I was the leading expert. Uh-huh. I, I, think I, I think I caught the remedial class and understood it. Um, but you're, you're a I curious that, person. I mean, it must have
0: been fascinating for you.
1: And then and, and oh, maybe it was, and, I mean, and also France. scary. Or maybe you tell me. It, yeah, actually, it was fascinating. Uh, what I meant to say is I'm not a leader yeah. in how to describe the dynamics of hedge funds and how banks work with hedge funds and the relationship between Reddit and shorts and the percentage of shorts versus not. So I wouldn't give that lecture. Um, So it was quite intriguing. I guess if I might offer a more serious comment about us, I think our company has been undervalued for a long time, Peter. I I really mean that. And so we've seen some share price uh, escalation post all that peculiarity. And I still don't think that the world is understanding how much growth opportunity we have in the combination of streaming and linear with our content how much the world market can reward us and how our model has costs that are sensible and sustainable for what we want to do with the composition of revenue in the company against cost. And I think it will be revealed. I think it's the performance will be in evidence.
0: I've never gotten anyone to answer this question. Uh, well, I mean, uh, that's a bad way of putting it. I'll ask it and we'll see what happens. Um, it seems like you're there's a, the value in your company will be as an acquisition one day that someone who's running a big streamer will say these guys have done well with this streaming service they, these niches they built up and I I'm and I, I need more scale I'm going to buy it I'm their library I want their service whatever it is um, I'm sure that bankers are knocking on your door all the time and. I'm wondering how you think about sort of making yourself potentially attractive to another suitor while doing the day-to-day running the business. It seems like, yeah. I'm sure the answer is, we've got to run the business. That's all we can do. On the other hand, it's got to be enormously distracting. And I'm sure you think about it all the time. I mean, Jeff Bukas at, at what was then called Time Warner deliberately stripped everything out to make that thing more attractive to an eventual sale. So, I mean, there has to be at least some portion of your brain power or day where you spend time thinking about that?
1: Well, it's it's not an unfamiliar question. Thank you. But I, if I disappoint you, I'm sorry, because <clears throat> we've been asked the question more frequently and perhaps longer than some. Yeah. And we've had the same answer, which is an honest answer, which is, uh, and I think it's evident in our behavior, which is that we think that we can provide a great return for shareholders by running a business that is smartly constructed with full recognition of what's going on in the media world, not denying any of it, and that if that we can craft and have crafted now a trajectory for ourselves that really does take what we've done historically and take advantage of it and hopefully some skill set in people who I work with who are advanced in this area of Content creation, creation, and now marketing to groups of communities, and we can be—and I'll use hyperbolic words—the uh, worldwide leader in targeted streaming. And that—that's uh, that's not audacious, and that's not excessive. That's a very realistic and pragmatic path for us to go down and to achieve. And so we focus on that. As you might imagine, it's it takes time and it takes energy to do it.
0: Yeah you there was a wave of consolidation everyone listening to this podcast knows what it was but we'll take off some of it at t warner media disney fox discovery scripts viacom cbs and then it stopped or has paused do you think it restarts again
1: uh you know i i'm not certain uh whether it does or doesn't those those transactions all had logic I guess I w- would re- refer you to a banker mm-hmm. or a uh, media macro economist.
0: Let me ask you one more um, banking question. Then the the big tech guys are spending a lot, but they haven't gone out and bought a traditional company. They haven't bought a library, unless I'm missing something. We keep hearing it's going to happen. It's going to be Sony. Yeah, yeah. It's going to be MGM. Doesn't happen. Do you think that – what's your sense of what the tech guys want to do and and how and, and, and why they haven't gone out and bought any traditional assets?
1: Um, you know, I mean, I have my own – only my observations, yeah. uh, Peter, which begin with, um, it is worth – you're more a student of it than I am. First, acknowledging that they each have different – excuse the word – ecosystems, um, <clears throat> meaning some have shopping, some have devices, some have design – Some have social interaction at their core, which probably leads them to different places. Um, What seems to have been consistent undeniably historically is that they have chosen to develop the wherewithal internally to do it. And there's logic to that, to my mind, because I think it bears a relationship to there are other activities that it is not bolt onable in the most simple manner, so if someone has one group of cable channels, for instance, and you want to operate with more and you can find efficiencies or synergies, that's a fairly you know in a way straightforward plot mm-hmm. and others and they've done it, and they've done it successfully. If you have a unique operation that has various differences in its fundamental sort of reason for being an organization, that I think there's perhaps less simplicity in yeah. acquiring something. Yeah,
0: that'll make sense. And then you look at Amazon when I bought Whole Foods. Um, right. Although I, <laughs> yeah, and, and, to be fair, they were in groceries <laughs> unsuccessfully for a long time. Um not super happy what they've done to Whole Foods,
1: but we'll say that for a different yeah. podcast. Um, yeah. I'm, I'm actually, I admit to being more focused on our own yeah. little acquisitions um, that have provided big benefit to us. You know, we bought the streaming company that brought us Acorn mm-hmm. and All Black. We just recently made a strategic investment in a company called Shaftesbury that um, gives us content for the Acorn services. And so, uh, and we purchased a controlling interest in BBC America. Some years ago, so that's not m and a at that scale, but it's been very beneficial for us.
0: last question. I know you are a fan of entertainment you you like all this stuff, you're into it. What is the non a m c networks um movie t v show that you're consuming right
1: now that you're enjoying that you want to recommend? Oh God, you know it's perhaps reflexive on my part that I answer. <laughs> with our own shows. I have to pause. Yes, I'll, well, we, can, um, we, can, we can wait. It's a podcast. No, I haven't. I admire and watch. I think Bridgerton was masterful in being both well done and mass. Uh, I think The Crown is very nicely done. I just started to watch the Kate Winslet uh, miniseries on HBO Max, which is, I think, Mayor of Easttown, beautifully I
0: think. done. yeah, yes, A lot of Philadelphia Delco
1: accents, I guess. But damn good. I mean, really quite, Good, uh, but I will. Uh, I, I hope I don't. Sounds like a plug. Um, completely consumed with this series called The Restaurant that's on our service, uh, Sundance here. now. So it's a foreign.
0: It's a foreign language. What, what, yeah, it's Swedish. Swedish. It's okay. Swedish, and
1: it's, it sounds alienating. It's actually. Um, it's completely accessible and spectacular. Completely accessible. I will check it out. Josh, it safe fan. I look f- uh, maybe not for your children, maybe not for your kids. They if don't they're not ready for They don't
0: want to watch anything that's on traditional tv with like the exception of like two things like bob's burgers beyond that they're they're lost <laughs> to youtube sadly so unless you guys are programming thanks, on right. youtube then they're not going to be watching anyone's shows uh josh great to talk to you look forward to seeing you in person thank you hey peter thanks so much thanks again to josh say thanks again to joel and jelani who edited and produced the show thanks again to our sponsors who let you hear this show for free you don't have to subscribe should we sell something Let us know. Um, Maybe there's a a bonus version of this podcast some of you would want to pay for. Maybe not. Um, This is Recode Media. Thank you for listening. See you next week.